Hello, hello, and welcome to the Noah Tour podcast, where basketball gets a little weird. I'm your host, Noah Tour, and this is the inaugural episode of the rebirth of the Noah Tour podcast. And what a good first show I have for you guys today. We are mixing basketball and conspiracies. It's going to be fun, trust me. First off, I've got Justin Hodges and Kevin Wang on today to kick us off and go in the right direction. But before we get started, let's get our minds right with a little instrumental produced by our good friend Chuki over at Chuki Beats. If you like his stuff, make sure to check out his YouTube, and I'll put a link in the description. Hit it, Chuki. What's going on, everybody? Uh, today, I've got Justin Hodges and Kevin Wang on the other line. What's going on, guys? Glad to have you all on. I'm doing good. Finals week just ended yesterday for me. Ooh, how, how'd those go for you? All-nighter for the last one went well. Hey, I mean, as long as it went well. Justin, you doing good? Doing good. Recovering from sickness. Not Ooh. dead. That's right. I'm glad you came on, man. So, uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, some theories. We're going to roll with uh, basketball theories to kind of kick things off. Um, the big thing this year was obviously the Kawhi Leonard injury and all the rumors and theories surrounding all of that and what could have happened. So do you guys have any rumors or theories that you kind of believe that were to be true or kind of ones that you thought were, were funny? Well, it was so hard to really connect any theories that made actual sense because it's the Spurs. This kind of thing just doesn't happen to a franchise like the Spurs. They were just so fundamentally well-ran. For, over the course of numerous decades. And then on top of that, all those reports that came in, just, a lot of them didn't really make much sense to me. A lot of them were kind of, they felt like shots in the air, just kind of like, and though they didn't really seem like well-sourced, like the information provided was like, not really well-connected to what like actually made sense. Yeah. So for me, a lot of those reports, like, I don't know. It's just hard to believe any of them because, I mean, obviously Kawhi is out for a reason. And you can say injury, you can say personal, whatever. But, I mean, you can't really trust anything that we've heard because a lot of it didn't really make sense. Yeah. Did you all believe any of the, kind of speaking of like reports didn't really have a lot of backing to it that kind of just came out of the blue? Did you all believe any of the Woj reports about it? Like, I mean, I know it's it's Woj, so you kind of, have that first inclination to believe it but was that did y'all believe it like right off the bat i certainly did but listen i have my own theory on why Kawhi's been out none of this has to do with basketball and none of this has to do with injury what if Kawhi's this not going to end with Kawhi Larry getting traded to the heat isn't it <laughs> oh dude i'm ready for that i'm ready <laughs> what if Kawhi's not actually injured you know there's that nothing... was probably the main theory that you, i had you know there's nothing wrong with his quadricep there's nothing wrong with his ankle or his knee what if the Kawhi is just a Trump supporter and he doesn't really appreciate Popovich's political opinions? Huh. All right, you had me, then you lost me. And this is his way of protesting. <laughs> I mean, that's a good silent protest to have. Like Kawhi Leonard, if you look at his face, he has like the same blank stare as Jared Kushner. Oh, that's... <laughs> I mean, he does. You're not wrong, Kev. You know, he el- you know who else he has the exact same stare as? Greg Popovich. Mm. Oh. What if he? What if there was like a stare down between the two? Like what if an eternal so, blinking contest? So you're calling one of Kawhi. So between Kawhi and Pop, you're calling one of them a crisis actor. I think they just had a really big bet uh, staring contest. Pop that would be. Knows. 
Popovich goes, if you can beat me in a staring contest, then I'll get some actual legitimate talent around you. I'll get an actual good point guard. And Kawhi goes, well, if I win, then I just get traded to somewhere that's actually nice. I mean, I feel like... And then they just never ended. Like, none of them ever blinked. And Kawhi just sat at home and just... Like to this day, they're to this day they're still like FaceTiming right now the staring contest. <laughs> it was video call just waiting or like it's like a like laser like indicator or like on their eyelids to indicate <laughs> not one of them has. I don't know. I I really think it would be the most absurd thing I've heard amongst all the reports that I heard. What's the most absurd thing that you've heard? What uh, I just said. Probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably just the one that he just didn't want to be there. Um, like I, I said, didn't make a lot of sense for me. It didn't made like, you know, coming off numerous sixty-one seasons, you're the face of one of the most polarizing franchises ever. You already have a championship. You're not gonna go many places elsewhere that have the same level of talent, the same level of coaching, and the same level of stability that the Spurs have. I mean, he could, yeah. He can so go coming to the out of the blue and wanting to leave and go to another team, like he, even if he can go to the Warriors. Out, I'm sick of that being just an option. <laughs> what if, what if this? What if Kawhi's, like, because you know how he's so reserved. But what if he's tired of being the face, and he wants to go to another team to not be the face? Or there's a flip side to that. What if San Antonio is not a big enough market for him, and he wants to go be a bigger face somewhere else, like the Knicks? It wouldn't be the. It wouldn't be blasphemous because the Kawhi that I saw. What was that commercial that he did? It was a. Uh, was that Mountain Dew commercial? The mountain was going around for a good one. It was some commercial that was going around. And Kawhi was just like the most smiling, happy go lucky, spry looking person I've ever seen in my life. It was <laughs> It's the first time I'd ever seen him like this. And so maybe in that essence, you know, maybe he's just a completely different person when he's actually doing something fun like a commercial. Mm-hmm. So a bigger market could make sense. In the sense that he wants to be out there more, and he just we just can't tell because he's always posed such a reserved mannerism because he plays for Greg Popovich. Is Popovich he's tired maybe... of playing for Popovich because he doesn't want to be that kind of person, you know? Yeah. Little things that we just is, don't know. Is Popovich taking his superstardom and pushing it down? Um, probably the better question is, does is Craig Popovich even going to come back next year? I feel like that's some people might take that as a silly question at first hearing it. Just given the perfect. If you take in all the circumstances, I mean, you'd have to think that the possibility of Popovich not coming back, like this is, I'll probably, this is probably the only be the only serious part of this entire podcast <laughs> I'll ever say. <laughs> so when. Popovich's wife was sick. She, and obviously, recipes to her and condolences to them and their family. But when she was sick, she didn't die instantly. This was an illness that dragged on for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so, you have to realistically think that losing your wife or preparing to lose your wife, your everything, could be potentially take you out of the job, especially at Pop's age when he's coming up the years where it might be time to retire. And so what if Kawhi had maybe 
known that. What if Kawhi had gotten the sense that in this circumstance, if Popovich's wife is dead and he's not back here and he's done after this, like it's a it's a selfish thing to think like when you say it out. But when you're thinking about a career what's best for you and when you're taking in like who you're playing with, who you're playing under. I mean, it doesn't matter what causes Popovich to retire. If Popovich isn't there next year, Kawhi probably isn't going to be there. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously, that's just a shot in the air, but it's something you could potentially think about. No, absolutely. I mean, because the Spurs don't have anybody to replace Popovich. I mean, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Like, if he's gone, their franchise is done. And another thing to add on that, that I just thought about, obviously, a lot of assistant coaches on the Spurs. Uh, James Borrego got hired by the Hornets. Becky Hammonds got a lot of traction, even though I don't I know if she got hired or not. I think Messina One guy is next that, line up to... See? Messina, but he hasn't gotten hired yet. Mm-hmm. And of all the coaches available, aside from, like, you could say Casey or Boonholz or whatever, I mean, Messina is legit. Like, mm-hmm. He is God over I think, in Europe. I think he's next line up to, like, take over once Pop's done. See, and maybe that's why Messina hasn't taken another job yet. Because if Pop retiring is a legitimate thing that's on the minds of everyone in the organization, Messina's sitting back saying, okay, I'm about to take over the San Antonio Spurs. But would they would they give it to him? Would they just go out and interview somebody else, or would they try to keep that San Antonio culture and just move to the next guy up? I don't know how many better options there are than Messina. Yeah. I mean, it may just be that I'm really high on Atori Messina, but I think he's going to be fantastic whenever he takes over a head coaching role. I agree. I think he's going to be a great head coach. All right, so kind of moving on from Kawhi, do you guys have any, like, good basketball theories kind of in general, like maybe something, like, let's say, for example, like the NBA's rig for ratings, like something like that kind of nature. It doesn't have to be specific to a player or a team, but, I mean, I've got a couple. I was just wondering if you guys had a couple. Listen, I'm I hate talking about NBA rigging games, but when I saw Tony Brothers and Scott Foster completely rig games for the losing team that's down like 0-3 in a series, I'm convinced now. You are? Yeah. Really? The NBA is, it like, is rigged. You wow, okay. So you've got two hot when they, a fix, they use Scott Foster as their weapon. That's interesting. I now that you're saying that I kinda I can see it now. I've been convinced of that ever since O two Western Conference Finals. Oh, that's just me. I mean, you watch college basketball, Hodges. What was that, game six? Hodges, you watch college basketball. You know all about terrible refs. Oh, it's ridiculous. College refs make NBA refs look like perfectionism. So I think some higher ups kind of tried to hide this down. Or or for whatever reason, it was never really exposed. Like, it didn't really get a lot of traction. I saw a couple of videos and a couple of stories about actual officials from... Old, not old, but the LeBron Miami teams, like refs that would like call those series. Like it was one or two of them that actually got tried in court and were found guilty of intentionally making calls in favor of the Heat. I didn't. And, hear about that. It didn't even seem like it. Was, it didn't seem like a satirical piece or something fake. Like it was an actual like legitimate thing. That just for whatever reason, like, it never got talked about. So after that, it was like, all right, there is obviously something here. And it is obviously, like, 
I mean, I don't think the NBA is rigged in, in entirety. Um, I think the perception of that comes from the fact that the best teams do always win, but that's just how seven-game series go. Seven-game series are constructed to make sure that the best team wins. That's just the nature of it. But, I mean, to think that there is no dirty money behind the scenes is ridiculous. I mean, there's dirty money in the scenes behind every sport, no matter what level. Like, even in, like not just professional, in college athletics, too. And probably way down lower and younger. In terms of other theories, I don't know. Not really been a superstitious guy. I'm an analyst. I like everything I see to be concrete. I mean, something that I've always kind of never really liked. I mean, obviously, this is like one of the bigger ones. But like the Chris Paul, the veto trade to, to the Lakers. I never really... I always kind of thought that was something that definitely could have helped the league in terms of ratings because not only does your big market team get a big market player, but that team will get better, which can bring more money to the league. But I think I think there was just some stuff working behind the scenes and David Stern was trying to make it not be fair. And there are obviously people talking in his ear, but I think that's just kind of one thing that's kind of pointed me toward this direction that kind of making me think that the league is a little bit rigged. Yeah, the whole thing was definitely fishy. Um, like you said, obviously, you can't really say it's rigged in terms of, you know, making the high market teams, you know, more profitable because it hurt the Lakers in so many ways and really derailed them into the taking stage that they went through. But it does make sense that league officials do want to keep parity in some sorts. Because even when teams are dominating, there is still a decent amount of parity just in terms of who wins. I mean, the Warriors themselves are a great example of parity in the league just because they were just nothing. Um, not nothing, but just, I mean, they're not, they weren't high market. They weren't highly notable mm-hmm. for basically their entire existence. I mean, excluding back in like the 70s or 80s or when they were... They they won their first championship. But for a team like that to come out and be the most dominant team you've ever seen, that's a great example of parity in itself. And so you, in that sense, you can argue the league kind of fixing that up just to have something new and refreshing. But in direct correlation, it's still just one thing. Like, it's cool. Like, it was cool, like, for a lot of fans, it was really cool, like, the first couple of years that they had it. But then it gets tired old after a while. Yeah. Like, it's cool to see – it's always awesome to see new young – like, new teams that, like, aren't like the Lakers or the Celtics, like, go up and get their due and get their rings. No, but we I don't want to see continuous domination for half a decade to a full decade, you know? I think, honestly, that's probably what we're going to get with the Warriors unless – somebody leaves which i don't think they will it's i don't know i've I've had my own not suspicions but a little bit of casual worry what's your what's your worry about it it may like something might cause them to the rail in the next few years whether it's steph's injury or the complete uprising of another team because we do have to take into account what could happen in the future because fans always want to act like they know like they think about 
years in the head. They don't. Fans take the league in on a day-by-day, year-by-year basis. And what happened in the past doesn't matter to anybody. What could happen in the future doesn't really matter to anybody. People are caught up in the moment. But when it was the Heat and Spurs, you know, going out in the finals, I mean, it's a is obviously a simple thing to say, but nobody saw the Warriors dynasty coming. Like nobody could have seen a team like the Warriors, players like Steph, like completely revolutionizing the entire league. And so we had to take into account that that kind of thing could happen again. And it's obviously not as simple as it just simply happening, but we are transitioning. We already transitioned to a new era with, spacing and three-point shooting and facilitating and all that. But we're slowly transitioning directly into another league with the uprising of the big men. Because the best players, the most polarizing players, the most dominant players you know, that are young and coming up on the league are bigs. Obviously, the top of the crop is Anthony Davis, but you have Greek Freak, you have Ben Simmons, Embiid, Towns. You have this draft coming up where four, like, Four or five of the top six prospects are all centers. I mean, these guys, and especially, the, and it's happening in direct correlation with the last transition that we had. The incorporation of spacing and shooting is going to cause these new revolutionized big men to completely take over the league at some point. And so, and I don't think it will take a long time either. I think. It could only take a few years. And so I think we really need to take the fact that we are staring right in the face of something new. And then the case for how long could the Warriors just run straight through everyone and win every finals for the next decade? I mean, it could get shut down really quickly. What do you think, Kev? Brad Stevens, almost your time, buddy. Do you think, well, here's, so then that poses my next question. Do you think the Celtics or the Sixers are going to be the future of the league? Because it's, I mean, right now it's like, obviously you have the Warriors and the Cavs and everybody like that, but I mean, the future of the league is pointing towards the Celtics either or the Sixers. I think it's what both. Do you guys think? I think it's both of them. Well, me and Boston's, one of my best friends. I think it's both this. of them, but Boston's clearly already there. Like, I mean, they're yeah, up to 0 in the conference finals <laughs> without Kyrie and Hayward. No, me and my one of my close friends had an intense argument about this. Only he was arguing in the case of if LeBron signed in Philadelphia, in which I still said that the Celtics could probably still be the top in the East, uh, just because Brad Stevens is just God. <laughs> I can I cannot say enough about Brad Stevens. Um, I give him. Credit for just about everything that happens with Boston. And I don't ever mean to take away from their players or what they do. Yes, I just do but it. But it is e- easy to say, see that when these players that are very, very good in Boston get traded away and then become rather mediocre wherever else they land, it is easy to see that, like, all right, Brad Stevens' magic is for real. And yeah. it's even more easier to see – when Kyrie and Hayward and all the other injuries they've had all happen. And then you go in and you're 
at the doorstep of ending LeBron's era right here. After all the great Eastern Conference teams that have tried to do it and have failed. It's easy to see, like, this team starting Rozier and Smart and Morris and Horford and Tatum and Brown, all these young kids, all these guys that were role players elsewhere. And then they're just out here with a good chance of going to the NBA Finals. I mean, for me, it's just easy to just see Brad Stevens up there. And it's just like, all right, as long as he's there and they get all that legitimate talent back and – no, they potentially add more young talent as the years go on and develop the talent they already have. I don't see any team ever stopping them. But I but, could, but Hodges, Dwayne Casey, he he told a team that passing is good and you should shoot threes. Yeah, but he had Demar Derozan. <laughs> and, and did you guys see the rap? Did you guys see the Raptors tweet? In a system that he doesn't fit in. Did you guys? Did work. you guys? Did you guys see the Raptors tweet? I did. I'm okay. Honestly. I saw this, um, like this video or this tweet uh, based on that, and it was like, I feel like this is so true. Like this Raptors intern um, was like about to tweet, well, we should have kept him, or like quote tweeted it with like eyes or something like, something like that, just something like snarky, trying to make fun or light of the fact that they fired the potential coach of the year, and like they emailed like their their uh, their boss, this old guy, and was like, yeah, we're gonna tweet this. He was like, no, tweet good luck, coach, or good job, coach. And so I feel like that's what ended up happening. But somebody who doesn't understand the internet tried to take control of that situation. But that was a little ridiculous. That is actually really funny. On their Twitter page, it's literally one tweet that says, thank you for seven memorable years, Coach Casey. And then the literal next tweet is the congrats, Coach tweet. PR, guys, come on. (laughs) You got to be better than that. Here's a question that I have. Why do, because millennials and Gen Z are so good with technology and like they're good with PR. Why are so many older generation people in that position? Because I mean, they don't understand because they're what now sports teams are trying to appeal to a younger audience rather, especially on social media and everything, because the older generation tends to use Facebook more than they do Twitter. So why don't those, these sports teams hire young millennials to run their PR accounts and try to reach that younger generation because they understand them. Because these teams, their presidents, their owners are old people. Yeah. It, like It's basically like, oh, it's almost like a newspaper in a sense. No, yeah, exactly. It's like, like print pressing newspaper ran by old, like they're stuck in the past in the sense that like they don't want to adapt what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. So it worked for them so well when they were hitting and it was good big at the time but it's like as years and years go on they're just trying to hit home the exact same thing that works so well and so at that point they're just blinded to the fact that it's just not even close to working anymore yeah but an older person isn't going to give that up for younger people like and obviously for them it's all about the money too like they're not gonna give up the position, their position of power for a younger generation to swipe him under his feet and take off, like stop his revenue from coming in. You're like you're an old person in a higher position of power, and you start bringing in this new generation of younger people who are so advanced with technology and so adapted with their minds and their creativity and their innovation. I mean, you're setting yourself up 
for them to take you over. That's a good point. We'll move on to kind of some theories in general, kind of getting back on track. So I know conspiracy theorists, flat earth, all that kind of stuff is very popular, but are there some theories that y'all believe or are there some that maybe aren't that well popular that you think are kind of interesting? Oh, I have a scorching one that I know nobody believes. Nobody was with me on this one. The Pelicans are better with DeMarcus Cousins. Obviously, AD was in God form after we got hurt. But when they got Meritage, that system they had there that led them into the playoffs was fantastic. But I feel like everyone sort of forgot those last few games before Boogie got hurt. And I watched those last few games before Boogie got hurt closely. What was starting to form with that team looked absolutely terrifying. But and didn't I'm not make- saying that I definitely would have held on throughout, but their defense, their system, like their passing, like one of the things I didn't really get talked about with the Pelicans through the stretch that they had was the fact that their facilitating was so good. Like their passing was another level when they were scorching through. And but that really started with Boogie and that system that they were going with Boogie. Like I think a lot of people like really they didn't change system when Boogie got hurt. The only difference was that Miritich was so, such a good shooter that the floor was more spaced out and Davis had more room to attack the rim. But with Boogie, not only are you getting a better presence down low, there's obviously less attention on AD. Like, you can't collapse on AD every single time like the Warriors do and succeed with it because then Boogie's just going to dominate. But their defense was really underrated. And it was the Rockets game when he got hurt I was watching closely, and they were switching literally every single screen action, every single movement that the Rockets even thought about doing, and they were doing it pretty dang well to the fact like they won that game, but good stretches were that prolific Rockets offense also lost, and I want to say that before that, they were doing a somewhat similar thing to the Warriors. Actually, yeah, they were doing a somewhat similar thing to the Warriors. It was a game that they lost. But obviously, it, and that's a lot riding on if Boogie comes back fully from the Achilles injury. And the Achilles injury, Achilles injuries are just the toughest for basketball players. And there's a lot of players that don't fully come back to form with that. And we obviously won't be able to know that until we see him. But I think with Boogie in there, like, what they could create is just terrifying for me. And obviously, that's a hot take because a lot of people saw what New Orleans did. It's like, wow, like, they look incredible. When you're talking about like a team that could actually, say, defeat Golden State, I mean, when they ran that team that they had now out there in that series in the second round, I mean, eight, like two, three guys on Anthony Davis every single time he even like, thought about attacking the rim. Mm hmm. And like I said earlier, if Boogie's in there, you can't do that. And I think that's just such a huge dynamic. Like, that would change everything in a potential series with them. Not saying that a Boogie, the Pelicans, would win that series. My only... It's the Warriors, but it, they'd be a lot better. And a lot... And a well better suited to beat teams like Houston and Golden State with DeMarcus Cousins on the floor. Yeah, I think my only concern with that 
is calling them like a with calling them like a super good team is that when Boogie was on the floor, Anthony Davis like was always pushed out to the side and always ended up becoming like a, a sh- like the Nikola Mirotic. I mean, but that's not what he's good at. See, but that well, that's what I'm saying. I wasn't talking from like the full season standpoint. Okay. Because like uh, their record wasn't that good, and a lot of their ratings weren't that great either, and it did take some adjusting. Like that's why I try to emphasize when I first went into the rant. Those last couple of games. Okay. You really started. You, I could see something forming. It wasn't completely there yet. I should have made. I should have clarified that more. It wasn't there yet, but there was something forming there that I thought looked really good. But yeah, that's just my take. No, I got you. I think kind of. I'm gonna go away from basketball for this one, but I've got a little hot take. I think Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, and Fidel Castro are somehow related. Have y'all seen pictures of them side by side? No, but I think Fidel Castro and Clay Thompson are related. Ooh, that's another. What if they're all related? Clay Thompson's related to everybody, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> There's I saw like at least eight or nine people, different people that he looks just like. There was like a tweet that I saw today. It was like the Squidward's house with hair and then the goatee. That was that looked exactly like him. That I felt bad for him. <laughs> shout out, shout out, one of our very own Justin Grant for that. I mean, another one that I kind of think. What if? cryptocurrency and bitcoin like isn't real what if it's not real and there's just like somebody there kind of trading it all in between people and i mean all of a sudden he can just kind of shut it down and like he has money now he has what if ronnie what if 2k is just secretly trying to take over the cryptocurrency world with vc and ronnie 2k is just secretly planning this the whole time is he running Maybe he's planning to take over Bitcoin. Maybe, maybe, maybe Rachel Zemita is a Russian spy. Who knows? That's a very plausible reason. What if she's? That's a good point. What if she's kind of the go-to for the VC and she's the face of it, and Ronnie's just working behind the scenes to get it going. See, you're catching on. I am catching on. Justin, what are you feeling about this? Good God, guys. <laughs> Justin, this is why I brought you on. I need you to balance out me and Kevin with our hot takes. See, I was so confused by the Bitcoin upbringing because before it really, before people really started talking about it on Twitter, all I knew Bitcoin was was just this massive black market currency. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's still kind of what it is. But like, I know whatever there's... was going on with it on Twitter was just so like completely opposite of what I like initially was like told it was. So I didn't really get into those conversations just because I I didn't really get a concrete ironclad explanation of what exactly was going on or what it was even trying to be used for. So I don't really have a take on it except that I'm just confused by it. I know there was like, it might have been Venezuela or some um, a third world country was thinking about getting rid of their country's currency completely and running their eco like their economic system based off See, of I heard Bitcoin. a lot of that too like the really the big thing with Bitcoin was uh, like potentially it was going to become the new official currency like of like actual country like you just said but what confused like what confused me the most about that is it comes from the black market illegal everything <laughs> Like, get locked in prison for life just for using it. So, like, I don't understand how it just became somebody that everyone knew or everyone had. But not everyone had, because I don't know how many people actually 
had any, but like how uh, how casual it just became for like everyday people to just talk about or know. Like it was just a commonplace thing. Kev, can you explain this to us? You're an economics major. I was just asleep, completely zoned out what Hodges just said. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. was finals, man. Oh, man. All right. make it back into school mode? Come on. All right, Kev, real quick, can you hop back into school mode just for this one question? What was it? All right, so we're talking about <laughs> – we were talking about Bitcoin. Um, Justin's just kind of like – we're both a little confused about it. Justin kind of thinks like a, a black market kind of currency – not much really else to it. Like, is there, can a country be run just off of Bitcoin? I would assume not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think so. But I mean, again, like, I think it could be possible. Well, the main thing with that, like, if, if Bitcoin were, like, the official currency of an entire country, like, currency exchange for people investing in that country would be impossible because... The per dollar value, per dollar value of Bitcoin, from what I know it as, is exponentially higher than the U.S. dollar. What is, well, yeah, but I mean, so it's like, what if VC like, suddenly became our national currency? I'd be down for that. If VC I like it. Currency, like a a dollar equaled five VC or something like that. I already have like 130,000 VC from my career. I think, Kevin, I think you're just trying to like turn the currency into VC. That way you can pay for your student loan. Basically. I think that's all this is. <laughs> Let's kind of move on to, we've talked about Yanny. Yanny and Laurel is a big thing. Real quick, what do y'all hear? Do y'all hear Yanny or Laurel? Okay, so my story is really kind of detailed. So do one of y'all want to go first before I go into mine? No, I'll tell your story first. Okay, so for the most, like, Every single time I heard it, it was Laurel. Like, wasn't close. It wasn't like a Marth voice. It was just Laurel. 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 It was clear. Like, there was no question to it. And I was like, what? It's like, my mindset was just like, all right, they're just making this up and just trying to spin a trend. And so I got higher than DeAndre Aiden's draft stock with my cousin the other day. And he brought it up to me. He was like, do you hear Laurel Yanny? I'm like, I only hear Laurel. He was like, I did too. But play it on your phone right quick. So I played it on my phone. All I heard was Laurel. All he learned was Laurel. Then he starts playing it on his phone. So we start playing both videos. Like, we have both of our phones next to each other. Like, both playing at the same time. And it takes a little bit. It takes like 20, 30 seconds of just hearing Laurel, 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 Laurel. And out of nowhere, I hear, like, a Smeagol voice. Smee- like, Smeagol alien voice. It's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I immediately just lose my mind. I'm just like, what is this? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like, and it was like, that's not possible. Like, how does that even work? Like, it's my mind playing tricks on me, obviously. But it's like, how is it even doing that? So I did it again just to make sure that I wasn't just hallucinating or something. This time I took like a good like 45, like four, like actually took like a couple minutes of just hearing both and go back and forth. Because what's going on is like they're not both saying Laurel at the same time. They're not even like going in a like the videos aren't going in a simultaneous flow. It's like Laurel, 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 Laurel. Like one phone saying Laurel. 
the next one says Laurel. All of a sudden, your mind starts hitting it's like, the pace starts picking up. It's like, Laurel. And it's like, Laurel, 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 Laurel. It's like, I don't know if that's the video or just my mind or whatever. And so, it's just like, so I sat there and I had to like completely clear my mind. Like, usually how I like meditate, I completely clear my mind. My thoughts are all gone. I'm completely focused on this thing. And just listening for like a couple of minutes, and then sure enough, like it's um, it's like, it's like a background noise. It's like they're saying Laurel, very like in my face, and Smeagol is on like a cliff on a mountain, like twenty feet away from me, just going yay, 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 yay. I'm just like, I I'm out. <laughs> I can't deal with this. This is too much. Oh, hold on. So. And nobody else believed me when I told him that story. So this is another version. This is another version of Laurel Yanni. You tell me what you guys hear. LeBron. 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 Don. Don. I heard font, and then I heard Don. I heard Don. <laughs> what do you? <laughs> it was. It was supposed to be LeBron or he gone. Yeah, I heard font and then Don. So, I don't know. Did y'all... Here, let's... Let me pull this up real quick. Real quick. I saw one tweet. It was like, this guy's like, Yanni Antetokounmpo is my favorite player. Oh, no, he said Laurel, on, <laughs> Laurel Antetokounmpo. <laughs> All right, let me, let me play this video for y'all real quick. You, you tell me what you hear. Because there's so many... What'd y'all hear? Because I know you know what the video is, but what do you hear? I'll say play it again. I don't know, probably when I just listened to that, like, negligent to what I already know, it just sounds, like, outrageous over and over. Yeah, that's, I heard, like, I heard Dad's braces. That's, that's, that's what I heard from that. I heard South Ragers. Ooh, that's a new one. That's a new one, South Ragers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, so, we can kind of talk a little basketball before we, before we head out. We've gotten a little, little off, off the rails a little Hold bit. Hold on, we need to talk about LeBron saying Jordan Crawford in a press conference and after game one. And in the game two, Clarkson got a DNP. <laughs> no, like, if you watch that interview, LeBron is listing off every other player on the team with complete photogenic memory. He's not even batting an eye. He definitely said Jordan and Crawford on purpose. And just casually says Jordan Crawford. Yeah, that was definitely on purpose. Which, I don't know how that's at this, because Jordan Crawford averaged a solid, like, 14.3 with the Pelicans... Last year, I guess it was. He didn't really do anything this year. Like he was Baltimore and Jordan Clarkson was last year. Yeah. If I was if I was the Cavs, I'd rather have Jordan Crawford. <laughs> that uh, reminds me. I'm sure. I think we all saw this, but I was just telling some of my friends because they hadn't heard of that Fizdale Marcus All encounter when All says like, "Dude, we're not winning a championship." I like, didn't see that. We don't have LeBron. And Vizdil goes, well, you want – or I should – I should – I'm messing up, sorry. So, <laughs> well, it's like Marcus Alwyn, like, oh, here, like here, here's championship. What we oh, don't here, have Greg Popovich. Yeah, here's, here's what happened. Vizdil goes, well, you want Greg Popovich, I want LeBron James to Marcus Alwyn's face. <laughs> the, Grizzlies, the Grizzlies were just, like, in a slump, and then he asked everybody in the, in the room, was like, do you think we can win the championship? And Mark's like, no, we don't have the right leader. Wow. But they brought up Greg Popovich, I thought. No, no. Uh, he says, we don't have the right leader. And then Fizdale goes, I know. I get it. 
You want Greg Popovich? I want LeBron James. He's also <laughs> like he also told uh, Marcus Sully, he's like, yo, I actually won real championships in Miami. True, he dissed his Euro championship. Dude, Fizdale just doesn't care. Like he's, he's my favorite person in the entire league. He's just straight up OG, just that guy. Like impossible not to like that dude. How do you think he's gonna do in New York? I mean, Porzingis should win the MVP with Fizdale. Really? No, that's that's a joke. <laughs> okay, I was like, <laughs> wow. Okay. That, that, I told you it wasn't being serious, aside from my Popovich take. That's a joke. I mean, Nick should be better, at least. I mean, Fizdale should give them an actual system. Porzingis probably won't, might not even play next year. Really? ACL. I heard, I heard oh, it's right. probably was going good. Already? Yeah. I heard solid updates about it. Those, the wonders of modern medicine. No, modern medicine has definitely done wonders for the league. It's insane what you can come back from and just bounce back from like an ACL injury is like breaking an arm. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on and I look forward to talking with y'all more in the future. Appreciate it, guys. First episode is done. Well, we'll be right back next week. Make sure you don't go anywhere because I'm going to be talking a little bit of music with my buddy Eli. We're going to be breaking down some Kanye, a little bit of other stuff mixed in there. You're not going to want to miss it for sure. Now, if you like what you hear, make sure to hit that subscribe button on the podcast. And also, make sure to download the episodes. That way you can listen to them wherever you go. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're going to be there. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time. Take us out, Chuki.